Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three or day three recap for the WGC Dell Technologies match play. And joining me to break it all down, it's Greg Dusharm. Greg, what's up? Rick, I got to tell you, uh, I, I've loved this event so far. And I have gotten into this kind of the bracket and the scenarios <laughs> and all the different things that could happen more this year than any other year. Last year, we didn't even get a chance to to do a, a match play bracket here on the first cut. So I've had a blast going through it. Um, but I have this funny, I have this feeling that today was was kind of the climax. Like like this, the group stage is the most fun portion of this event. Do you agree? I don't. I don't know if I do. I think that there will uh, the memories that we have from match plays of the past are all going to come in the next two days. It's it's that uh, it's the runs in the final four. It is the uh, you know going to extra holes for the championship. I, I think I think we're in the moment we're going to remember. Patrick Cantlay, the fact that only one top seed got through, but uh, I'm hoping that the drama now comes from not the names, Greg, but the golf and the on-course drama. Well, there's a couple of names, I think. I, I, I feel like there are a few names left, and by that I mean one. one two. Name. There's two names left. Okay, okay. There's two. <laughs> but there's really one. And let me tell you why. So the the reason there's only one name left, if John Rahm plays against, uh, pick a guy on the other side, pick somebody on the other side, John Rahm playing, especially if it's one of the, one of the, I mean, Dylan Fratelli, John Rahm against Dylan Fratelli. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that going to be a draw? Are you gonna? Are is are people gonna line up to watch John Rahm and Dylan Fratelli? Do you think if Dylan Fratelli's uh, three up through four, uh, people will not? They'll they'll turn into Dylan Fratelli. People love an underdog, right? Like people love that. I mean, yes and no. People I mean, it's not like gonna break. It's not gonna break rating. It. It's not but gonna break right, break right. ratings. People records. are gonna watch. The but, problem is but here's the contrary, Rick. If Jordan Spieth plays Dylan Fratelli, if he plays Robert McIntyre, if he mm. plays Victor Perez, if he plays Mackenzie Hughes, if he plays Sergio Garcia, if he plays Tommy Fleetwood, if he plays Kevin Streelman, if he plays Billy Horschel in the final, it will break ratings records. Jordan Spieth's the one name left who can make this uh, an exciting weekend. It's been a great first three days, great first three days, but we're leaning on Jordan pretty heavy now. Unfortunately, we cannot get um, Spieth versus Rom in the finals. That matchup would come in the final four because they're both on the same side of the bracket. Right. Which would still be great. I mean, that would be a great Sunday morning match. The word of the week was chaos. We saw that. I'm going to say one and a half top seeds got through. John Rahm as the number three overall seed. He got through. Jordan Spieth as a number one seed in disguise. He got through. And the rest are 
guys in the 40s, guys in the 50s, guys in the 60s. And as we did last night, uh, Greg, we're going to go through each one of these matchups here. So uh, if you liked playoffs. Playoffs? There it is. I thought nice. I thought I, I figured producer Jacob had his finger hovering over the button. Uh, then you had yourself a pretty good day. Let's start with our first Sweet 16 matchup. It's going to be Jordan Spieth, the aforementioned, versus Matt Kuchar. Spieth beats Corey Connors to win his group and get in with a 2-0-1 record. Matt Kuchar defeats our defending champion, Kevin Kisner, who that, that was essentially an 18-hole. Uh, uh, playoff, Greg, because the winner of that or whoever was going to win that, it was for all the marbles, that was going to be the guy who advanced. I believe there were only two of those all day, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, Scheffler and Schauffler was the other one. That's right. Say that 10 times fast. No. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was a fun one because it was, the, it was the, um, the finals in 2019. So kind of interesting that that ended up being uh, – the, the match to decide it all. Matt Kuchar just continues to putt well. So I think Jordan Spieth's going to have his hands full with Matt Kuchar, but I really like what Jordan's doing right now. He's con- he's in control. He's calm. Uh, he he seems to really like the golf course. I, I am We need it. I'm pulling for Spieth. We need it for the weekend. We really need it. Kuchar has summoned that match play magic as he tends to do. He's gotten himself into the Sweet 16. Our next matchup, Bubba Watson and Brian Harmon will be battling it out for the right to go to the Elite Eight. This one hurt... This one hurt my wallet the most, I think. But Joaquin Neiman falls to Bubba Watson in two playoff holes. Uh, Neiman had Bubba on the ropes. It ends in Neiman missing like a four-footer. And Bubba, as the 55-seed, Greg, moves on. Uh, this is a low-key, underrated Bubba course. And we don't mm. consider it because it's match play, so it's different. And he doesn't have three wins here. Um, so it, it's he has, one, he has won once here, I believe. Um, so, you know, it's definitely a bubble course. It asks for a lot of creativity. He likes it, but I think he's playing against, could you say the hottest player? You, you liked Brian Harmon coming into this. Yeah. He was one of the guys I got through and yeah. there wasn't many, there wasn't many, but I got Brian Harmon through Brian Harmon shot seven under legitimate seven under in the first match and right. lost to Patrick Cantlay. So, you know, I, I don't know. That, that's one of the things I like about this format is it gives you that chance. You go out there and play that kind of golf and lose because in the draw you get Patrick Cantlay, who shoots eight under, and all of a sudden you still have a chance. And then you end up in a playoff with him at the end. I thought it was fitting that that was the, the very last match. I, I can't believe Cantlay let him in. I can't uh, believe I he can't. let Matsuyama beat him like that. Um, but great to see Brian Harmon. I, I think Brian Harmon's playing better than anybody else. Maybe, maybe Ian Poulter is playing better. Um, but yeah, I, I think Harmon's going to be a tough out. If you think the Joaquin Neiman missing out on the Sweet 16 was a disappointment, uh, Patrick Cantlay missing out on the Sweet 16 it w- was almost unfathomable. He was like the only guy who could have advanced with a with a tie on Friday. He had a, a million different ways to get in, including going to a playoff with Brian Harmon. Still couldn't close the deal. That is going to probably feel like one that got away for Cantlay. He was just in the catbird seat uh, the entire week. Yeah, so it brings up... a. Great question to me. Um, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this, Rick. Um, do you think 
the move in 2016 to get rid of the head-to-head tiebreaker was a good move or a bad move? Because because at first, going into today, I'm, th- I'm saying great move. Best thing the PGA Tour could have done because mm. now today's matches mean so much. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of what I mean about the, today being the climax because now Harmon still had a chance. He wouldn't have had a chance otherwise. And now you get this playoff, but now you lose. It's like another way to lose some of your top seeds. So what do you think? I don't think it is the most fair way to do it, getting rid of the head-to-head, but I think it is the most dramatic and and gives gives the event the most oomph for the, the, for the entirety of it. So, for example, Daniel Berger is going to miss out. He lost in a playoff to Eric, Eric Fun Royan. Uh, he defeated EVR six and four in round one, and he is not going to get through because he lost in a playoff to him. So I, right. I don't think it's fair, Greg, but I think it is entertaining. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I think it, I would argue that it is fair to some degree. There's a lot of elements to this tournament that are not exactly fair. And we have to understand that the draw, who you play against, is there's no, there's no fair way to do that. There's 64 guys and they're paired together and world golf rankings are based on a two year cycle. So you're not getting the most accurate Brian Harmon right now is not the 54th best player in the field, right? He's playing great golf right now. Jordan Spieth, to your point earlier, he's a top seed in disguise. You're you're in Matthew Fitzpatrick and you're the fourth seed in your group is Jordan Spieth, right? (laughs) So there's a lot of things that aren't necessarily fair about it. But the thing that is fair about it is if you win all your matches, you move on. So, I mean, that's basically all. You just got to win. That's true. Just win. Just Just win, win. baby. Uh, Ian Poulter will face Scotty Scheffler. Ian Poulter advances no problem. 3-0. and He runs straight through Rory McIlroy in the process, which I, I suppose we should have all seen coming because it's match play and it's Ian Poulter. And he's going to face out with Scotty Scheffler, who played Xander Shoffley in the other winner-take-all, everything on the line. Of course, Greg, they tie. They go to extra holes. They end up playing two more, and it's Scheffler who comes out on top. Uh, things were a little... Rough, like it's just, Scotty didn't have his best stuff all week. I thought he got a little unlucky at times. He's able to make it through. He's able to advance, and now he's going to run into what has been the buzzsaw in Ian Poulter. So first, I think um, it's re- it's great when the final match when they tie and they get to go to extras. There's like a finality to it when <laughs> when they just tie, especially today, and they tie and they both go home. And if if somebody yeah. what it it's kind of like a little like oh. did you. Did you see Webb Simpson and, and, and Paul Casey tied and both went home? And Casey was like, we should have just split this four hours ago and had drinks instead. Like, this right. was nothing. <laughs> right. right. I mean, we just got to play. A, I guess it was a free tea time at Austin Country Club. Yeah. Um, but so, Scotty. So, I liked, I liked seeing that because it was kind of cool to see him continue on and go. It's tied. It adds to the drama. They get to go to extra holes. I thought that was great. Um, and kudos to Scotty Scheffler. Um, and Ian Poulter is just... I mean, ice cold. The the one he's so dirty. The yeah the the one yesterday against Cam Smith, who I had Cam Smith coming out of the group, and Cam Smith hits it in there to like six feet. He's basically going to go birdie, birdie, birdie. Mm-hmm. Poulter hits it to twelve feet and just calmly, like it, it was never any doubt. Right in the middle. And then he just goes to shake hands. It was just ice cold. And I won. I I just I'm, I don't see a 
a pathway. He has this ability to control matches. And that's what I love about what Ian Poulter does in match play. If he has to, he can go crazy and make birdies. And it gets, and that's when you start seeing the fist pumping and the Ryder Cups, and it gets crazy. But he doesn't have to do that. He understands, like Kyle talks about it all the time, the the pacing of a stroke play event, how you mm. peak at the right time coming down the stretch. Ian Poulter understands how to do that in every match he plays. I think he's going to be a tough out for Scotty Scheffler. Our highest seed to advance, John Rahm, the number three overall seed, defeats Ryan Palmer in a playoff to get through. Chris Jacob, hit it. Playoffs? Thank you. Uh, and he is going to face Eric Von Royen, who beats Daniel Berger in that playoff that we discussed earlier, Greg. Uh, I was a big advocate for Berger. I thought that out of group 14, Berger pretty objectively played the best. Even the one match that he lost, it was really kind of just flat stick related. So that this one's a bit sour for me because I think Berger deserved it. But hey, it's golf. It's match play. <laughs> the guy who gets it done and moves on, I guess, deserved it. I mean, like you said, EVR loses six and five the first day. I mean, it's to the point I had I had a buddy of mine asking me. He's texting me. He was actually down there. He um he works with Ian Poulter. He coaches Ian Poulter's son. Anyway, he's, he's there. He was watching. He's texting me. Who'd you have in the event? Uh, I saw somebody had EVR. LOL. Nice pick. <laughs> LOL. After round one. Like, the, like, uh, like laughing at whoever had, and I don't know who it was, if anybody had EVR on our podcast, but so, he was saying somebody had him. I think uh, I did. What a, what a pick. Like making fun. And, all, and here we are two days later. I mean, one day later, and he's going through to the sweet 16 there's you did have EVR. there's the evr bracket yeah it's the only thing i got right so my buddy was was poking fun at you because he lost six and five and we're trained to think he's done he's playing terrible he missed the cut but not so fast wins the next two matches beats daniel berger in a playoff thanks to the the lack of a tiebreaker which is exciting and here he is and now he's going to face john rom um what'd you think of the rom palmer match um, I love both of those guys. I think I think Palmer because that was one of those long matches too. They they both yeah. played each other on Friday and then went to a playoff. Uh, I didn't think either of them played particularly well. I thought at times Palmer played better, but hey, on on what is that number two? I guess Palmer leaves it down in that that little area that gave Berger trouble, and and Rom's able to hit a much better shot. It's it, it was. It was kind of like, I don't want to say um, haymaker after haymaker. It wasn't like a heavyweight bout, but l- those guys were like jabbing and hooking each other kind of back and forth is, is the way yeah, that I kind of think. They were it. hanging. You got hanging. The, but you yeah. definitely got the sense that Ryan Palmer was up against the ropes. Yes. I felt like he was just hanging on, especially towards the end. He was, he'd be 30 yards behind him. Rom's in the Rom's in perfect play. And Palmer hits a great shot to get it on the green. And Rom's. 30 yards closer staring down and, and you're just waiting for Rom to end it. And I, I have real questions about Rom's putter. I wouldn't be surprised if he got upset, but he is, he's tough. He's just, he, he's tough. And he, you get the sense that he really cares about this and um, he doesn't want to go down. He doesn't want to lose. There, it, it's very no. clear. He does not want to lose, which look, I mean, nobody wants to lose, but he, <laughs> he is very, uh, He's very much into this, and you can tell there's a very high level of intensity. So I'm excited to see that match. I kind of have a funny feeling 
that uh, that EVR is going to kind of shock the world. Here. Wow, we've we've seen deep runs uh, by unknown not 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 that they're unknowns to us, but unknowns to the general public right. uh, in the past. So would not be surprised at all. We've got four more matches to go through. We had a little incident out there that we're going to have to talk about between two guys who are not playing on the weekend. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Kevin Streelman also, I, I need to pat myself on the back here, Greg, because I, I have zero guys left in like the Elite Eight. Uh, like no, but I have no one. I have no points available. But I got EVR right, and I got Streelman right. He's gonna play nice. Billy. He's gonna play Billy Horschel. Streelman advances after a playoff win over Abraham Answer. Uh, he after after beating Burns Viesberger today, and and he beat Hovland earlier in the week. And then it was uh, Billy Ho who downs Max Homa on the third playoff hole to punch his ticket to the Sweet Sixteen. The key, to, the Streelman thing's fascinating because you're looking at it and. Um, it, it's so cool because the guys who are 0-2, Hovland, who are done, playing a third match, they understand, or seem to at least, they seem to understand that they still play a role in the event. And they still give their opponent the very best fight that they can. And Hovland goes out there and, and gets a win against Abraham Answer, who looked like a buzzsaw. I mean, the first two matches, Abraham Answer looked like he was going to be really tough to beat. And you're kind of thinking, well, Hovland's kind of out of it. He's not going to give him a great match. And uh, you could pencil answer in. And all of a sudden, Streelman gets by Wiesberger, and all of a sudden, they're in a playoff. And now answer's going home. It happens so fast. So Kevin Streelman's that kind of guy. I, I always think about what he does at Pebble Beach, where on the second nine, to what you say, Rick, right, chaos. Yep. The second nine, he's in tied 21st, and all of a sudden, he's in third because he just made seven birdies in a row, and now he's right there in the mix um, and winning the pro-am portion. So, look, Kevin Streelman's great for match play. It's a, it's a really a, a strong event for him. This feels like nine hours ago, but Tommy Fleetwood defeated Bryson DeChambeau on Friday. One up, not without Bryson, trying to reel him back in. And he's going to advance out of group five and face Dylan Fratelli, who comes out of Tony Finau's group with Will Zalatoris and Jason Kokrak. Of course, Greg, Dylan Fratelli, the 64th seed in this event the last man in has made it to the Sweet 16. And another Texas guy, right? You got you got Spieth, Scheffler, Fratelli, and I, I think that's it. Sergio is like adopted Austin. Yeah, yeah. Does that count? But, but I mean, these well, Spieth, Scheffler, and <laughs> Dylan, they all Palmer? went to the University of Texas. Oh, yeah, University right? of Texas. Yeah, which it, is yeah, right yeah. there in Austin. Yeah. Um, yeah, Palmer was, is an, a guy from Texas. And yeah. Didn't quite get through. But anyway, um, Fratelli oh, right. and Streelman kind of remind me of each other. <laughs> I completely forgot. Yeah, yeah he lost. The, we, we talked about that, Rick, just a couple of seconds My bad. It's ago. been a long day of golf. Yeah, I know. Out there on the West Coast, we're after dinner here for you now. Or, well, maybe just before Almost after happy hour. Fun. This is a tough it, – it's, it's a little late for you, I understand. Uh, but Fratelli and Streelman kind of remind me of each other because they're, they're that fiery – they have that ability to go shoot a course record. Uh, and you feel like they can do it on Sunday. And like we said earlier in the week, every day is Sunday in match play. So it, it's really, Fratelli and Streelman, I think, are fascinating cases. Fratelli having to go up against Tommy Fleetwood, who is um, in the lower half of the bracket, definitely the, the best player, um, the, the 21st seed. He's the highest ranked player on that side. So 
Um, and he's playing quite well. To, to get that win against Bryson was big today. So I, I look forward to that. I have a feeling that Fleetwood's going to handle business here. Fleetwood's career singles record, 11-8-2. Obviously a yeah. good stretch for him. Big Mac Daddy Hughes is going to face Sergio Garcia. Hughes tied his match with Taylor Gooch on Friday. That was good enough to get him out of his group unbeaten, 2-0-1. And, and then Sergio goes to a playoff with Lee Westwood and then hits what I guess was the shot of the day, shot of the month, shot of the year, shot of the decade, a walk-off ace an ace, Greg, on the fourth playoff hole with Westy going like, well, I, I guess, I guess I can't beat that. Well, it, I mean, it was first of all, what a shot! And Sergio, <laughs> the two holes previous to that, Sergio holds some really clutch bar putts. Which, for some reason, we said this earlier. I, like I had Sergio advancing out of this bracket as well, and the reason is he putts in match play. All of a sudden in match play, Sergio Garcia becomes like Jordan Spieth. He's making clutch putts, hanging on, scrapping and clawing to keep up with Lee Westwood. And then he just holds it on the fourth, which was such a cool shot. Kind of a strange reaction, right? It was like, I can't believe well, that's it. What like happened. Nobody... And, that's, and that's what happens without fans. No one really knows if it's in or if it's close. Right. And it's, it is, so I actually have an experience, like, I've never told this story, I've never told you this story, but in my life, I've made one hole in one, um, and it was in a tournament, and it was on, and this was a high school event, the Suburban Council Championship, right? And it's the, it's, it's a shotgun start, because we all have school, so we all have to start at the same time. So anyway, on my last hole, the 15th hole, I, I make it, I hole it, and Mm. I get into the, and when, when that happens... It was a little uphill and it looked like it went in and the guys in my group kind of like they there's like a roll they right. they go oh I did but no no one sure. wants to like tell nobody, nobody wants, wants to be like the say. guy that's like oh it's definitely in and you get up there and it's like 9 feet away. So I just kind of <laughs> drop my club I don't know really I'm I'm not really sure you kind of sneak up on it like you're getting close <laughs> like, is it really in and it was in. That's and then awesome. I got back to the clubhouse and it one by one. So I didn't quite have the drama, the finality that Sergio had today, where you know, okay, that was to win. Now I'm going home. Um, but like Ser- Sergio didn't have to hit the shot today. I've never had to hit the shot, the shot after a hole in one. It's, a, it's a, I imagine, a quite a tough one. Uh, yeah, I would. I would certainly imagine. I, if if I ever find out one day, I'll let you know. And then our final Sweet Sixteen matchup is Bobby McIntyre, Robert McIntyre, facing off against Victor Perez. Bobby Mac gets in with a walk off eagle over Adam Long to tie. We're going to talk about the rest of his group in a second. And then Victor Perez gets out of the group of life with his victory over Sung J M. That was a disappointing one for me. Yeah, it was. Um, but Victor Perez is on fire, right? He's playing yes. some great golf, so don't sleep on him by any means. But the question is, was Sergio's shot better or was Bobby McIntyre's shot on 18 better? I mean, I know wow. I know one went in and one didn't, but there there's a significant difference in between the length of these shots, right? Everybody hits it on the green at, at the fourth hole, um, and, and most are close. Not one person all day hit it on the 18th green. It was only Bobby McIntyre, and he hit it to two feet. Which one do you think was better? Uh, Sergio's. <laughs> it went in. I agree. I'm sold. Easy enough. All right, how about this? So group one, that's the group that Bobby McIntyre comes out of. That's Dustin Johnson's group. And DJ had 
the upper hand uh, heading into round three. And he loses to Kevin Na and not without a little bit of controversy, Greg, because there was an incident where Dustin Johnson had about, you know, misses a, misses a putt, has about 11 inches left, scoops it up, walks away, coming to realize Kevin Na never gave him the putt. Uh, now, the rule is in match play, you've, you've got to be given the putt. Your partner has to verbally say, that's good. Hey, DJ, take it away. No worry. Whatever whatever that is, whatever that concession is, he has to say it. Now, Kevin Nam made a point to bring him back to the green, talk him through it, and just be like, hey, my guy, uh, remember that I have to actually say it. And things felt a bit chilly after that. Yeah, I mean, that's an awkward, it's really awkward. And look, it's, it's DJ's mistake. Because he doesn't have to wait for Kevin Na to say anything. It's 11. Go tap it in. Right? And mm. it's done. You don't have to wait. So you you can't pick it up until you hear it's good. But you don't have to wait. The The problem is when it's that close, it just feels kind of like it feels like you're trying to steal something like it, on, on some kind of technicality. So it definitely it, it doesn't feel right. But you're saying from Kevin Na. You're saying Kevin Na. Yeah, I'm saying like right. Ke- that side of is it. Kevin yes. Na trying to trying to steal one because like there's some technicality and now he wins the hole because well oh i no i never said that was good but at the same so i understand that viewpoint right it feels cheap it feels cheap i never said they i never said anything no that's that that wasn't good you missed that It, it feels cheap but at the same time where do you draw that line so from a rules perspective if you're trying to be as fair as possible you have to you have to have that rule. So I'm a fan of black and white rules. I yep. want things to be concrete. We can't have gray area. So Kevin Na in this situation is right. It doesn't feel great. You don't like to see it, especially when you have Dustin Johnson winning at all. It feels even extra cheap. Um, so that was a little bit disappointing. Um, but that being said, I, I think it's I think it's the right thing. And if you're DJ, you just got to tap it in. The, the, the rule is very clear. Uh, the in Kevin Na's defense, which is probably a sentence I've, I've never said in my life, but in Kevin Na's defense, he had like three and a half feet left. And his whole thing was like, hey, I was going to give you that. But now, like, because you took it and I could take a hole from you, I want you to give me my putt. Right. Like, I, I don't want to be standing over this three and a half footer thinking that. I should have already won this hole or anything like that. You know, you know how Kevin Na's mind runs. It's it's a million miles an hour all the time. He actually, it was it was more about his own putt and him just wanting to get out of there with a tie, having that hole and moving on and not being and not thinking about it over his three and a half foot. The problem with the three and a half footer for Kevin Na is there's not really enough time to walk it in. So that's why I think the <laughs> three and a half footers are tough for Kevin Na. But yeah, yeah, Rick, I understand your point. You're wondering like. If I miss the thought is if I miss this, um, and I have to do it before I hit this putt. So I like the way I, I do right. like the way that he handled it. As you said, in his defense, he handled it the right way, and the rules on his side in this case. So I, I'm with you. Before we get out of here, uh, speaking of aces, our very own Joe Musso checking in said he had to follow an ace last week in Arizona. Greg made the least recognized two of his golf career. Okay, uh, Joe, I recognize your two. I'm sure it was a great two. I don't know if you stuffed it close and just knocked it in or you hit it to 35 feet and rolled it in, but making a two in any situation, recognized. But I can imagine, Greg, having to follow up an ace, ah, not pretty, my guy. Yeah, yeah, I I can't imagine either. I've never had to do that. Joe, um, nice too. I got a story. This sprint reminds me of a story. Before we go, it's a yeah. it's an old story that doesn't involve me, but it's one of my favorites. So Ben Hogan and Claude Harmon are playing the Masters, and they're on hole number twelve. 
And uh, so Ben Hogan play he hits it on the green, and Claude Harmon holds it. He makes it. He makes a hole in one. Ben Hogan gets up there, makes his birdie putt, and he as and he and Claude are great friends. And as he's walking off the green, he says to Claude Harmon, uh, "You know, Claude, I don't think I've ever made two there. What'd you make?" <laughs> like he didn't even realize that he made. so I, joe i guess you got to channel your inner ben or Ho, uh your inner ben hogan next time get so in the zone you're not even paying attention to to your boys in the group one final thing i lied one more thing before we get out of here i'm looking at the odds because remember we're gonna get two rounds on saturday and two on sunday we're gonna know the final four tomorrow we're gonna know the final four on saturday they're gonna play early and then the winners are going to advance and play another round in the afternoon of course our friends over at william hill have installed john rom as the betting favorite he's five to one greg jordan speeth six to one tommy fleetwood seven and a half sergio garcia eight those are the four golfers in single digits if you think greg if you think that the hottest guy and maybe a guy who can roll some putts in like i kind of do uh in brian Harmon is interesting. You can get him at 16 to one. I I really like Brian Harmon. Like I said, I think he's playing better than anybody else. So I like Brian Harmon and I like Sergio at eight too. I like his side of the bracket. Mackenzie Hughes is really scratch. He's going to be tough to beat. He's no, there's no uh, given playing Mackenzie Hughes or anybody in this group, but I think Sergio's putting ability right now, the closing putts that he made on number two and number three yesterday are going to give him a lot of confidence and I have a feeling Sergio makes a big run. So I like Sergio on the left side. I like uh, I like Harmon on the right side. Unfortunately, can't take any odds on Spieth, but we need Jordan Spieth this weekend. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because if you look at the paths here, uh, unfortunately for Harmon, he would run into John Rahm before that. Jordan Spieth would run into Rahm in the final four. Sergio Garcia would not have to face him until the finals. Tommy Fleetwood would not have to face him until the finals. So I think if if you if you don't like Rahm and you want to bet somebody deeper, you got to go with the opposite side of the bracket. I'm still a bit partial to Kevin Streelman. That's someone who we talk about a lot, Greg, because of his ball striking prowess. And hey, get hot with a putter for like, six holes at a time over the course of the next two days. And that might be enough match plays weird. You're just going up against Billy Horschel and I don't like betting against Billy Horschel. I, I cannot figure Billy Horschel out. So. I know. I know. I don't like betting for him. I don't like betting against him. I Billy Horschel's a guy that I like when he's near. I, I love watching him play. He's great, but I'm going nowhere near him on a, on a betting card. All right. I think that'll do it. We'll be back, uh, obviously, on Saturday evening. Obviously, on Sunday evening, we'll know our Final Four on Saturday. Then we'll know our champion on Sunday. But for now, that's Greg Ducharme. You can follow him on Twitter, at the real GFD Producer Jacob doing all the great work behind the scenes. Thank you very much. You can find me, at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.